when my wife and I decided to move our family to Australia, I had a work visa that allowed me to bring my family. I was sponsored. And my visa permitted me, permitted me to get my family here. But for some reason, immigration declined our visa, my permanent visa, four times. The first time the visa was declined, I thought it was a mistake. So we reapplied. And they rejected us. The second time, the third time, and the fourth time, I could not believe we could be apart for four years. My wife and I and my children. Between 2011 and 2015, I lived alone in Sydney. I was alone there. And my wife and I and my children were stuck in Africa. They were stuck there. The situation was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. I did everything in my power to change it, but it did not change. I prayed. I cried. My friends prayed, but nothing changed for four years. My wife was devastated. Our situation overpowered our capacity. We learned some lessons that we want to share with you today. Some lessons that we learned from that season that we want to bring to share with the church today. So I will preach on a topic I titled, Overwhelmed, When My Situation Overpowers My Capacity. We can also say, when it feels like, when it seems like, your situation, your circumstances overpower your capacity. Psalm 13, 1 to 2. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me? Agony in my mind every day. How long will my enemy dominate me? Maybe you are feeling overwhelmed right now. Maybe you are here this morning feeling overwhelmed. Perhaps you've been in that situation before. You've been overwhelmed before. The good news is that you are not alone. Even King David felt overwhelmed. So you are not the only one. That's a good news. Other people in the Bible and around the world are going through the same situation. He felt dominated by his enemy. He felt dominated. He says, how long will my enemy dominate me? King David felt dominated, overwhelmed. Feeling dominated is the definition of being overwhelmed. Feel powerless. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines overwhelmed as being overpowered by superior force. Google describes it as, is it drowned? Drowned or droned. You should all learn French so I can preach in French. Drowned beneath something. You feel like it's, you are inside it and you can't get out of it. You, you are overpowered by the situation. 
In both definitions, the overwhelmed person is weaker than the overwhelming force. It is when you don't know what to do or can't do what should be done. The first one, you don't know what to do. The second one is you know what to do, but you are not in a position to do it. You don't have the skills to do it, or you don't have the resources to do it, or you don't have the strength to do it. Something is missing, so you can't do it, but you know it. In this situation, you don't know even what to do. You are overwhelmed. So I thought of three causes of being overwhelmed. What causes being overwhelmed? So I would suggest three sources or three causes of being overwhelmed. The first one is life just happens. Life happens. This is a saying we use when what is happening is not necessarily our choice. It's not something we, we decided. It's just life. It's not our decision. It's not your fault. It happened to you. Job was overwhelmed. The situation was overwhelming. It was one bad news after another. There's nothing he could have done to stop it in the Bible. It's when you, f- you have an idea but you also know your idea will not fix the problem. You think, you, you, I, I think I can do something, and then you realize, oh, no, no, that's not the solution. You are powerless. You are hopeless. Your strength is not enough. Your resources are not enough. Your ideas are limited. It's overwhelming. Life happens. And we often don't know what to do when it does. When life happens, and I know some of us are going through that. It's not your fault, but you are overwhelmed. The second reason why we feel overwhelmed is life choices. Sometimes we take opportunities that open around us. Doors open around us. And we we build an overwhelming lifestyle little by little. For example, you plan to study and work full time. And you look at it, you see, I can do this. I can handle this. They are both opportunities. Then an opportunity to take another part-time job in the weekend opens up. And you feel like, yeah, I can, I can also handle that. You, you take it. Now you have two jobs, two different environments, and studies. Then you fall in love. And before you know it, you are organizing a wedding. Oh no, then you are Expecting a baby. <laughs> Not after the wedding. After the wedding. And then, oh, let's build the house. It's exciting, isn't it? Let's build the house. We, we are married. We have two jobs. We, have, we are studying. Life is exciting. Look, uh, let's just, you know, we're expecting a baby, so let's just build the house so we can have something of, for, for us. And before you know it, you have a mortgage to pay. You are bound to that mortgage. So you have to keep paying it every month. So your spouse needs your attention. Your children depend on you. Friends who text you in the night and extended family members who invite you for birthdays. You feel like you are letting everybody down. You are drowned in commitment and don't know what to do. Little by little, you are overwhelmed. And the third one is life apprehensions. 
Sometimes it's not that something bad has happened to you or you have done anything wrong, but you feel like something might go wrong in the future. So you haven't done anything wrong. You are not doing anything wrong, but you just feel like something wrong is about to happen. You, you don't know why, you don't know what, but it feels, it just feels like something is going to happen. It can become so overwhelming that you start having panic attacks. You feel overwhelmed either with fear, worry, or anxiety. You just feel overwhelmed. You see, this one is not something is happening. It's something you, you feel it might happen. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe that's where you are. You just feel overwhelmed. You don't know why, but you feel fearful. You feel anxious. You, you, you feel overwhelmed. Either you feel overwhelmed because life happened to you or because of your lifestyle choices or because of just life apprehensions. You just feel it. I have three words to share with you this morning. Three words. Helpful three, three words that will help you to get out of it. Three words. But please remember this word. The first one is stop. Stop. Exodus 14.14 14 says, The Lord will fight for you and you must be quiet. NLT says, Stay calm. NIV says, you need only to be still. Be still. Be calm. Be quiet. The Israelites thought they were free to go to the promised land. They left Egypt. The Egyptians said, go. You are free to go. They even gave them gift. They gave them gold. They gave them money. They gave them stuff. What a kind act. They really released them. Go, go, we are fine, we are fine, go. Suddenly, they saw a scary, big army of Egyptians following them. The Israelites realized the Egyptians have changed their mind. Now there is this big army, scary army of Egyptians behind them. They were overwhelmed. Because the Egyptian army was so powerful. The Israelites were afraid, overwhelmed by fear. If you have been overwhelmed, one annoying thing someone can ask you to do is to be calm. Mm. If you've been overwhelmed, really? Ask me to be calm, to be still, to be quiet. Being overwhelmed means that many internal or external voices are talking to you. You are overwhelmed because one voice is telling you how bad and dangerous the situation is. That, that you, you, you keep hearing that. You see what is happening? is dangerous. Like you are doomed. Another is reminding you how weak and stuck you are. Oh, you know that? There's nothing you can do about it. You keep hearing that. There's nothing you can do about it. Another is telling you what you should do. Maybe you do this. Maybe you should do, maybe you should do that. Well, maybe you should do that. Another one is telling you what you should not do. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. If you've been overwhelmed, you know what I'm talking about. All these voices are, are, are speaking to you. The last thing you want to hear is someone telling you to calm down. It doesn't work. If you've been overwhelmed, if someone tells you calm down, 
Maybe, maybe you, maybe you obey that. I, I, I've never been able to obey it. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I can show that I'm calm. But in the inside, the, the, the voices are speaking to me. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. When my wife was in Africa, the four years that we were separated, not separated, <laughs> that we were not together, we were not separated in the, lang- in the marital language. The land separated, the ocean. <laughs> the ocean. <laughs> there came a time when my wife was kindly, very gently, suggesting that I return to Africa very lovingly. Maybe you should return very kindly. My children were asking when they would see me again. I kept saying soon, and soon never came. Soon kept being soon and soon. I don't know they believe in my soon now, because I said soon a lot. And some people were gossiping that I've abandoned my wife. Oh, you know those kind of men, what they do, they leave their wives and then they marry someone else there, you know. And, and sadly, sadly, some unwise people even said it to her. That, oh, you know, your husband has left you. You just, you know, you just give up. You know, you, you. As if they are, they are right. You know, they are trying to help her. You just, you know, just find something here. You know, you know, those men, that. Yeah. May God forgive them. It was almost impossible to be still or quiet at that moment. It was impossible to be calm in that season. You think about it all the time. You dream about it. You go to the toilet, it is there with you. You come back, it's there with you. Someone invites you to the restaurant, they are all laughing and enjoying you, just thinking about it. You go to a party, people, I refused invitations to parties. Why? Oh, there is a birthday here, people are clapping, and I'm like, oh, my children are not here. Why am I even trying to laugh? It follows you everywhere and then someone says, be calm. I can't be calm. It's so overwhelming. The last thing you can ask me to do is to be calm while my mind is thinking about my children all the time. I can't stop thinking about this thing. It's just overwhelming. Don't ask me to be calm. And then the Lord said to the people of Israel, be calm. No, we can't. I don't care. Be calm. Jesus, God is telling the Israelites, Moses, tell them to be calm. I see the army coming, but tell them to be calm. How? Yes, you should be calm. The Lord is saying to you today, be calm. Being still, being quiet, being calm is the ability to silence all other voices, including your own and focus on God's voice alone. It's not that I don't listen to my wife. I do. But that time she knew she's not speaking from God. She knew she was speaking from fear. And she's a very faithful, full of faith woman. She changed her mind quickly. When she remembered that no, we shouldn't give up. God spoke. We should listen to what God is saying. Not our own mind. Not, not the neighbors. Not, the, not those gossipers. No, no, we should listen to what God is saying. Not what the situation is screaming to us. 
What is God saying in this situation? Be calm is to silence all other voices so that you can listen to the voice of God alone. And if you don't know what God is saying, then it is the opportunity to silence those voices so that you can seek to understand God's voice. Because sometimes God is speaking, but with the noisy, because there is so much noise in the noise around you, you can't hear, you can't distinguish the voice of God and any other voice. That's why God says, stop, stop, stop. If you feel overwhelmed, it's time to pause and ask yourself, what is God saying? If you feel overwhelmed, it's time to slow down. Take a break. Take a few days off from work. Cancel some appointments or commitments and take a pause. Stop. It's important to stop. Stop. Unless you silence the noise, you won't be able to hear God's voice clearly. So, stop. Slow down and listen. God is saying something. God is saying something. But we don't just stop for the sake of stopping. God wants us to stop, to be still, to be quiet, to be calm. So that we do this second thing. Stones. It's not a verb. It's a noun. Stones. Joshua 4, 1, 2, 3. After the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, choose 12 men from the people, one man for each tribe, and command them, take 12 stones from this place in the middle of the Jordan where the priests are standing. Carry them with you and set them down at the place where you spend the night. God divided the water for the Israelites twice. The Red Sea under Moses and the Jordan River under Joshua. Just imagine how they felt when they were crossing the river. Some of them were excited. Some of them were a little bit anxious. Some people were thinking, what if that mysterious wall collapses? And then they crossed the other side. Oh, victory. We've crossed the other side. They felt good. This is another incident. It's not the Moses one. They're on, this, on the other side. And then God said, after you have crossed, send 12 men to go back again and pick 12 stones. 12 men went back. They picked each one a stone. After they've crossed, they went back in the, in the, in the river and brought the stones again. So my, my question was, why couldn't God tell Joshua, before crossing, on your way, pick stones and just go. But he said, after they've crossed the river, go back again in the water. I, I, I have a suggestion there. I have an idea. Maybe God wanted them to face their fear. Mm-hmm. God wanted them to face their fear. So go back and face your fear. Yeah. God wanted them to go back in the river. And face it. They took each a stone. Twelve of them. But why twelve stone? Why twelve stone? The second reason was God wanted them to build a monument. 
the 12 stones were supposed to be stuck on top of each other to build a memorial so that they never forget what God has done for them. That day will never be forgotten. Whenever you face a giant, whenever you feel overwhelmed, stop and find your stones. Remember what God has done for you and trust he can do it again. God wanted them to remember. If I've divided the Red Sea for you, if I've divided the Jordan River for you, I can do more than this. So take the stones, put them somewhere as a memorial. Whenever you face a challenge, remember what I've done for you. The stone serves as a reminder of God's power in their lives. God's power in their lives. Then fast forward, prophet Isaiah reminds them. Isaiah 46, 9. Remember what happened long, long ago. For I am God and there is no one. I am God and no one like, is like me. Remember what happened long ago. Why is Isaiah reminding them of what happened? Because it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget what God has done for you. It's easy to forget when you are in trouble, you can easily forget what God has done for you. So God wants you to pause. The antidote to being overwhelmed is remembering what God has done for you. Let me say that, that again. The antidote, the remedy to being overwhelmed is remembering what God has done for you. You pause to remind yourself of what God has done and if he did it, he could do it again. When I'm overwhelmed, I remember when I fled the war inside the bush in Congo and met those bandits who put me on my knees and pointed the gun toward me. They were ready to shoot me. Even though they took all our belongings, they spared my life. It is God who delivered me from that place because not everybody was rescued from that place from nowhere they just said stand up and go just from nowhere that was God so I always remember that moment God because you've done that for me I know you can do it now because you've done that for me and I was very young I was still a teenager because you've done that for me you can do it again in my poorest moment my prayer was to afford food God just some food Today, I remember how much God has blessed me. That's another monument. God, you've done it for me. You can do it again. You've done it for me. You can do it for my children. You've done it for me. You can do it for my sister, for my brother, for my... You can do it for our church. When our son was sick and God miraculously healed him, I remember that God has always been there for me. He's done it for my son. He will do it for my daughter. He will do it for my other son. He will do it for my wife. He will do it for you. That's why I trust God so much. Because I have stones in my life that I've stuck together. Stuck them together. Stuck them together. To remind me whenever I'm overwhelmed, God has done it for me. He can do it again. And I take that seriously. That's what builds my faith. My stones. The antidote to being overwhelmed is remembering what God has done for you and trusting he can do it again. Do you have a notebook? 
What do you write down? Start writing those things that God has done for you. The small things. The small things. The small things. We, we are trying to build the culture in our family to ask our children every night to, to say at least one or three things that you, you, you think God has done for you for the day. Do you remember what God has done for you? Or, or, or you keep remembering what life is thrown at you if when you are overwhelmed, the antidote to being overwhelmed is remembering what God has done for you and trusting he can do it again. Why am I saying this over and over? Because it's, it's easy to forget. When you are overwhelmed, there are many voices talking to you and the last thing you want is to start thinking about the positive things that have happened before. You want to amplify the bad. You want to amplify your situation and really you want everybody to understand that you are overwhelmed and there is nothing they can do about it. It is really bad. And God says, yeah, I see it bad, bad. Be still. I prefer to listen to God when he says, be still, than that voice telling me it's really bad. So if, okay, let's assume that it's really bad. Let's agree that it's really bad. It's really bad. It's bad. It's really bad. We agree it's bad. It's so bad. It's bad. It's really bad, 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 bad. So what? It's bad. To what end? Really bad. Yes, it's very bad. I know your situation is bad. It's bad. Very bad. It's bad. Where are we going with that? Where are we going with that? Depression. It's really bad. You know it's bad. Yes, it's bad. But what do we do? It's bad. You know it's bad. This is not a joke. That's what we do. We want to emphasize that our situation is bad. It is really bad. And God says, be still. Be calm. <laughs> so I'm not minimizing your problem. My point is, as bad as it is, God says, be still. Pick up your stones. And then... After you've collected your stones, God says the same exact thing he said to the people of Israel. I'm going to say to you, you know, in verse 14, he tells them, be still. Let's see what he said in verse 15. Just one verse later, it sounds like contradictory. God says, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp. Other version says, Tell the people to get moving. Ah, there was a time to be still. Now it's time to start walking again. Start is the, the, the third word I want you to remember. Start again. It's not over yet. Start again. You stopped. You picked up your stones. Start again. One of the dangers of being overwhelmed is getting confused and feeling like you are stuck. So when you are stuck, you stop moving. You stop moving. Staying stagnant is not an option with God. He told them, break camp, enough. Keep moving. 
You can stop for a season. You can collect your, 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 your stones for a season. But there must be a time when you realize that you cannot stay in the same place forever. You don't have to stay overwhelmed forever. My, my, my brothers and sisters, I'm saying this out of love. You don't need to stay overwhelmed forever. You don't. Either it's the life that happens to you. Maybe it's not your choice, not your fault. Maybe it's something. Don't stay overwhelmed forever. You don't need to. Don't need to. When you don't know what to do, the best next step is the step you make. Sometimes you struggle to move because you don't trust your decisions. You know, you don't know. I've made so many mistakes. I don't know if I do anything that it, it will be right. So you doubt yourself. You don't know if you, you can trust your decisions. Or you don't trust people. People have hurt you so much. People have said things to you. They've led you astray. It's because you trusted people that you are where you are. They told you do this, do that, do that. And it led you there. So you don't trust people anymore. You don't trust anybody. So you don't know where to go or what to do. God promised to guide our steps, not our stay. Think about that. God said, I will guide your steps, not your stay. When you are in one place, God won't guide you. It's when you are moving that he will guide you. He said, I will be with you. Why? Because he said, go. I will be with you. Not when you stay. God is not happy when we stay in one place. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking about one place in life. I'm not talking about if you stay in the garden there forever. No, it's not about a town. It's about when in your heart you feel stuck, that you can't do anything anymore, God is telling you, do something. Don't stay there. I will be with you. I will guide your steps. When you don't know what to do, trust the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Make the next reasonable step available and God will guide you. In my four years of waiting, I kept reapplying. That was my next step. Kept praying, kept calling my wife every single day. I was wearing my earphones everywhere in every meeting. Like the battery go, goes off, I change the battery, put another one. But battery goes off, I put another one. That was the, my next step available to me that's what i did for the for the four years my children i was talking to them every day you know africa the time is different so when it's morning there they're going to work to 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 school i have to work up here around 1 a.m and call them and pray for them before they go to bed it's like around maybe 10 a.m here i'm already at work but i call them pray for them every single day that was my next best step i want you to remember this Take note of these three words. Stop. As you feel overwhelmed, stop. Silence all other voices and focus on the voice of God alone. The remedy to feeling overwhelmed starts from there. The second thing is stones. The antidote to being overwhelmed is remembering what God has done for you and trusting he can do it again. Pick up your stones. Remember the things God has done for you in your life. Force your brain to remember. Force your brain to think of those things. And the third thing is start. When you don't know what to do, the best next step is the step you make. 
Just do something that you feel God is asking you to do. Just do something. 